True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we had a uh, rivalry week concluded. Um, we'll get to that in a bit, but some some really exciting games. Uh, well, <laughs> we had a uh, we had so many exciting games, but a game that is on the top of everyone's mind is maybe the NBA. Not maybe the NBA's oldest and longest running rivalry: the Lakers versus the Celtics. In a game Saturday night at uh, TD Garden in Boston, the Celtics end up winning that game in overtime, one twenty-five to one twenty-one. But all everybody wants to talk about is the play at the end of re- regulation, towards the end of regulation. LeBron, no, the end of regulation. Yeah, LeBron James driving to the rim clearly gets fouled by Jason Tatum. Tatum, Tatum, <laughs> no foul is called. We end in time. We have to go to regulation. LeBron oh. acted like. Oh my God, like fell to the ground. I mean, you got to see some of the memes people are putting up on there. Like if you're an R&B fan, somebody put like the raindrops fall on like an R&B video. Like it was, I mean, listen, it was, it don't, was. The- don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> it, was, it was theatrics on tilt after not getting that call. And there's so much to digest here. The referees came out and their official Twitter account and said, oh, we were sick over that last night. We blew it. We made a mistake. The whole nine. At Lakers fans, of course, conspiracy, going crazy, everybody losing their minds about it. And we talk about stars and referees and how they get calls and, you know, always get the benefit of the doubt. But in this case, LeBron, the biggest star maybe ever in the history of the NBA, didn't get the call. There's just so much to unpack there. I'm going to start by saying this. I subscribe to the, and it's not just Seth, but Seth tweeted it, like, most recently, so that's what I remember. I subscribe to the theory of, one single individual play does not decide the outcome of a game, right? Like there were, I don't know, 200 or some odd possessions in that game. And the game also went to overtime for five more minutes after that. There were plenty of ample opportunities for the Lakers to win this game, right? They didn't. Now, that one is egregious because you're like, well, LeBron gets fouled there. He sinks the two free throws. They go up too. Okay, let's say he does sink the two free throws and they go up too. I imagine there would have been, I don't know, one point something left on the clock, whatever. Let's see the Celtics get the ball. Uh, they call a timeout, so they advance to half court. They run some great play. They hit a shot and win, or they get fouled. Just because the outcome was the Lakers ultimately lost doesn't mean that play was why they lost the game. But I will open up the floor to you, Coach David Thorpe. Oh, I need I need some time on this one, but I'll try to be brief. Uh, I don't even know where to begin other than to say this. I, I agree with you. It's what I agree with Seth also. I I call those coin flip games. You win half mm-hmm. and you lose half over the course of time. You might get in a hot streak, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but as as I say to my shooters all the time, when heads gets hot and the coin ain't flip, worried. tails ain't worried, right? <laughs> like this is the way it goes. You're going to lose some coin flip games. You're going to win some. So the better teams don't get in coin flip games. The Lakers, in my opinion, as always, made just all sorts of huge mistakes in that game to include frequently, in fact, I think every minute of the fourth quarter had either Rui Hachimura and or Anthony Davis in. None of those guys have played for the Lakers in the last month, and yet they need to be in it all the time. You can't tell me just because their talent level might be better, well, is better in some cases, in Anthony Davis' case, than some of the guys might have played. They don't know the system, but that was a choice the coach made. Right. Now, separate from that, the Le- LeBron's behavior after the clear <laughs> foul made me think, well, that's a privileged reaction. <laughs> Imagine if any non-super, mega superstar reacted oh, every time they got fouled the and they didn't call it. Right, right. Or worse, cut, released. Um, that was surprising to me. I, that's so surprising. It's just disappointing to see him react that way. And NBA players almost always act as if they didn't foul when they did <laughs> and then are shocked when there, when there isn't a foul and there was and vice versa, as if this isn't happening all the time. You can't believe their reaction because they fake it all the time, just like soccer players do, which is fine. The thing that bothered me the most, which is what I tweeted about is had anyone but Jason Tatum whacked LeBron on the arm, they call a foul in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think this was the rare case of the superstar getting screwed by the superstar. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that. And in my opinion, that's what disappointed me so much is had that been anyone but Jason, LeBron, he's got to make both free throws. Who knows if he does? But 
They would have called it, which is all I care about, the process. Mm-hmm. This calls to a much larger discussion, right, of the integrity or lack thereof of the game when the same action draws a different consequence based on who did the crime, mm-hmm. who committed the foul, who received the foul. And that's where I'm most disappointed as someone who consumes probably more NBA basketball than most people on the planet in terms of, I was just looking at my phone the other day, just now. I was cleaning out my files. And one morning, I had 27 clips on my phone (laughs) from games that I had watched that morning that I wanted to grab something for whatever reason. I watch a lot of it. Uh, I'm disappointed in that. I don't know uh, what's a foul uh, if you're not a superstar, yeah. fouling another guy that isn't a superstar, maybe they'll call it, maybe they won't. If it's a superstar, if you touch them, it's more likely than not to be called. Not every time. Nothing's every time. And then the last thing I'll say on that part is, uh, I think the refs are great compared to college mm-hmm. referees. I can barely watch college games. Oh, my God. They're the worst. And, and the ones that I know are very quality people who are very focused. And I'll say this to our listeners who don't necessarily have the luxury of being able to talk to NBA players. Um, I will frequently ask a player, what did the ref say? Like after the game, I'll talk to a player about a certain play, whether it's first half or not, but especially if it's a first half play. And they'll tell me what the ref told them after halftime because they go back and watch tape. Mm -hmm. Or even during the game, sometimes they'll come after a dead ball, after a loose, after a timeout, whatever. Yeah, I think we might have missed that, whatever. I love that they do that. I love the humility of that. It it humanizes them. Mm -hmm. That, that, That being said, I'm alarmed when. I don't have any faith that had it not been Tatum fouling, they would have called the foul because I think they would have for sure. Yeah. I mean, what, what you're getting at here, David, is first of all, as we said, look, the refs are human, right? Like, and to err is human, right? That's just who we are. Like, we're, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. Referees, NBA referees who are the best in the biz, they don't get the calls 100% of the times. They're going to screw up from time to time. As we said, missed calls, blown calls, part of the game. No one individual missed call costs you the basketball game. There are too many other events that happen that lead up to various points in the game. Again, I just gave you the example with LeBron. He makes two, so what? Celtics call timeout, they get the ball half court or in, into their into their front court. They do something, they hit the game-winning shot. Or LeBron makes one out of two. Who We don't know what would have happened, right, in, in that scenario. That's number one. The other piece is, you know, biases go into things, right? A referee knows... Draymond Green is going to talk a lot after every call. He gets a lot more latitude than most guys in talking to referees, right? Other guys will have a, a shorter wingspan. If they keep going, they're getting a T. But because they know, shit, Draymond's got 13 texts or whatever, that 100%, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that is in their brains. And he's allowed a little more latitude. We know stars get preferential treatment, maybe not be the right phrase, but they're allowed to get away with either initiating more, more benefit. They get more Correct. benefit. They get the more, more benefit of the doubt, yeah. right? For sure. And that works the other way. As someone who watches the Grizzlies often, and because Jaron Jackson is known to be foul prone, yeah. anything close to the rim where it's questionable, it's almost always going to go in the opposite way of his favor, right? Because he is known to foul a lot. That's just, and that's, that's a true statement. He does foul a lot, right? So it happens. He, go, he goes after everything. Everything. Yeah. So it happens, right? It's not, again, that's not the reason why Memphis loses or the Lakers. Right. No, that ain't why they lose. Many other things happen in a game. So I think that's something that's worth worth considering. I thought it was also interesting, David. People went on the internet and they're like, you know, and this is, of course, funny because LeBron, as popular as he is, he has people who don't like him as well, right? So someone posted, oh, LeBron, you mean like this play where you travel 17 times before getting to the rim? And it's like, true, that is a travel. Look, he took a million right. steps, didn't get called. One of my favorite one was the 2012 finals against Oklahoma City. Thunder up 1-0 in that series. LeBron clearly fouls Durant on a, on a shot that would have tied the game and then pushed them up potentially to win. No foul call. Lakers win that game. It's 1-1. I'm not Lakers, excuse me. The Heat win that game. It's 1-1. Yeah. Look, it happens in the biggest stages. Like it Again, but that isn't why the Thunder lost the finals. This isn't why... Right. Lakers lost last Saturday night. It's just, it happens, but fans want to get riled up because, you know, it's, it's emotional and I get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't love, um, when I was very young coaching, I was really a jerk to referees. I, I know I was, um, I was a jerk in my, when I was coaching high school, I uh, I knew, I definitely knew the rules really, really well. I studied the rule book and just watched a ton of basketball even then. And, uh, 
And then I'd go to summer camps and be a jerk to the referees. And, you know, I was 23 coaching varsity level basketball against future guys that went to the Final Four and won national championships. And I was really should have been just a JV coach, but I kind of moved my way up, whatever, in the summers. And then I don't know exactly when, but I remember one time before a JV game, I was like 26, 20, man, I was 25, 26. And I saw one referee, he, he must have got to the gym 10 minutes before we were taking the court. And uh, he was like just stuffing some Big Macs down his throat. And uh, I had seen him drive away before because when you're when you're a high school uh, coach, you're dealing with so many after school mm-hmm. yeah. spring tournaments and fall mm-hmm. fall leagues, and these guys are same guys are refereeing all your games. Mm-hmm. I I had seen the car he drove, and trust me, I wasn't making any money as a teacher. I was in my twenties. I was a young guy, but this guy was stuffing food down his face to be able to referee the game, and uh, I knew that he he needed that money to feed his family, mm-hmm. like a lot of these referees did. And it just something clicked in me, like, like I'm taking this so seriously, and he's not, and I, it's okay. Without him, we can't even do a game. Right. And so I just, I just completely flipped, and I was such a happier coach because of it. I just, I just coached my team. That's all I really worried about. And I think about that all the time when I watch these games, because the truth is, some guys can, like you talked about Draymond, some guys can handle dealing with the refs the way they do mm-hmm. and play the game, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of guys lose their minds. Mm-hmm. They get so bent out of shape with a, a, a lack of a call or a call that affects their performance going forward. To include maybe the, it's the third foul in the first half, and now they got to sit down. It bothers them emotionally, mm-hmm. and you have to fight that. Yeah. The league has a problem separate from what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, as an advocate for players, just do your job. Stop doing theirs. Let the league police what they're doing. We need to take care of our business. Uh, the way I have coaching friends, Gerard, that would tell me and would tell you that LeBron's reaction necessarily impacted how the Lakers played in overtime. Mm-hmm. He acted as if if you don't, we don't get this call, we can't win. Right. That's right. what they're going. That's what they would argue. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Uh, they did start out one nothing because they got a T because Pat Bev did the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in a game that drew a technical foul. He was showing, as you know, showing the video camera. The referee never looked at it. No, they'll, they'll see it. They, obviously, they'll see it. That's why they put that tweet up. And and also, draw. What do you th- what do you think about the NBA uh, putting out that tweet, saying we fucked up? I mean, I, I appreciate it, right? So I think it, it it helps. Like, I mean, but does it help the fans in that moment? They're still probably so peeved because what it does is yeah, to no, me, no, it doesn't help. The answer to your question is no, right? Any logical people, yes, not the average, right, fan. and not the average fan because they're irrational by definition. Right. It also it keeps highlighting the fact that this is the reason why you lost the game. And it's not. The, again, there were a million other opportunities to win. There were. What, what, what would be, what would the, how would the NBA benefit from rigging a system that would help prevent LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Los Angeles from being in the postseason? Right. Where's right. that argument? And, and I'll take it a step further. If indeed there was the sinister conspiracy, okay, for you Trumpers out there, the sinister conspiracy to prevent Boston from somehow winning the top seed, if that was your argument the other way, right. uh, I, for what purpose would that be? Like, what, where is the league trying to benefit from that <laughs> to keep Boston in or out? Because if Boston is in, right. it means Philly isn't in. You don't think they like that market? Right. In fact, right, I think right. the Philly market is bigger than the Boston market, <laughs> right? Like, you can't win any of these ways. I, I, I think these officials are doing the best they can. They are human. They are. And uh, I, I think the bias aspect of the superstar thing, that's my bigger concern. That process yeah. bothers me. Yeah. it's And it's tough because the NBA forever, David, as you know, and it really started in earnest with Magic and Larry um, in the early 80s. David Stern was like, no, this is what we got to sell. We got to sell these. This is a show. And these are the superstars on the Broadway stage, yeah. on, on the silver screen. These are the guys. Yeah. And the league has done that to its detriment and to its credit. When it had Magic, Larry, and then Michael, like, all good. When there was that period in the early 2000s, it was like, crap, who's our guy? And ratings were suffering. It's like, this is what happens when you only focus on stars. I don't know if you saw this. Uh and it's classic TNT because that's what they do in their show. The, the answer then is no. <laughs> I, did, I did not see this. Other than the games, I couldn't tell you a single thing, but go ahead. So, you know, that the Lakers traded for Rui Hachimura and um, Jamal Crawford was on the set and he asked Shaq, you know, what you think about? He's like, I don't know who that he, is. He didn't know who he was. I, right. I knew you were going to say that. He, he's like, I only know what the top 10 guys in the league. And look, 
That is shtick. And that is, I mean, there's a whole segment on that. He show definitely called, knows more than that. Right. There's a whole segment on the show called who we play for. So yeah. it's a joke. They still, like, they still do that? Of course they do. Oh, I had no idea. And again, I remember that five years ago. For people like us who know what that show is, it is entertainment. Haha, ha, we laugh and it's funny. The problem is, is that casual fans, all they see is, oh, Shaq has won NBA championships and MVPs. Charles Barkley is an MVP. These guys know NBA basketball. So when they start doing things like that, it's like you're hurting yourself. And I bring that up because that whole focus on the top 10, well, then fans start doing that same thing too, right? Oh, well, only Steph Curry, LeBron, the only people that matter. And it's like, guys, but the whole league is full of stars and referees can't think that way, right? There are talented people all over the NBA. Paolo Bancaro, by the way, second in drawing fouls yeah. on drives to the rim yeah. of all players in the league. He is a yeah. rookie, yeah. right? Not a star yet, right? right? Nowhere near that, st- that stratosphere. So just, you know, it, it it for people like us who love the league as a whole, that piece with this with the with the superstars, it's concerning to your point, right? Because you're like, if you're a rookie trying to guard these guys, it's already hard enough to guard LeBron James. It's or impossible. Whoever. It's impossible because you touch them, it's a foul. Right. You, you well, you don't you don't know that it won't be a foul. Right. You you might get away with it. It's also, by the way, offensive to me. That that Shaq shtick, that I wish the producer would wake the fuck up and realize you're making our league look stupid. Right. Why would anyone watch if the superstar right. so when the superstar checks out, should I change the channel now? Like, what do you do? What are you selling? And by the way, it's it's slowly uh, uh, moving into the culture of how we cover the game. As I've tweeted before, and you've heard me say it, when we're when we have a game on, okay, and then you decide to interview someone that's not going on with the game. Fine. Mm-hmm. Can we just listen to that guy? Right. I don't or girl? Need to see them. Yeah. I don't need to see them talking and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see any of that. Mm-hmm. When, when the game ends, this is a separate rant I have. I don't need to see close-ups of anyone. I want to see all the reaction. Mm-hmm. The director doesn't know what I know. I realize that. I may want to see certain guys talk to each other because they played high school against each other. There's mm-hmm. lots of things playing out. I, I know this because in talking to players, they'll some say, I'll, I'll may say to someone, hey, say hi to so-and-so because he's one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, I met him three years ago. We played in the same conference five years apart. And he, the younger guy said to me, the older guy said, hey, man, you played for so-and-so. I was in that league. It was a hell of a league, right? I love that kind of stuff. You yeah. would never know they talk to each other right. because the camera does a super – I could see their pimples. <laughs> I don't need to see the pores of their skin. Let me see everything. <laughs> but really during the game – and then one other thing. Jeff Van Gundy, who doesn't give a fuck about me or this show. I don't need to hear about the Boston Bruins. I don't care. I made the mistake of having the audio on. Uh-oh. Watch it. That, watch it. I think that game. Celtic, yeah, Celtics. We've got Celtics, Lakers. L- LA's good, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're well coached. That that could come in time, years, two years, three years, whatever. But I, if Grand Palenka did not build a bad roster, and adding Hutchinson just makes them stronger because it means they have to play a, a not a very good player in Juan Toscano Anderson. The, there's lots to talk about in this game. I don't need to say, oh, Bob, I, it may have been Mark Jackson. I don't remember. I don't need you to talk about hockey. Like, what are we doing? Like, are we, you are our advocates. You are the ambassadors to our sport in a nationally televised ABC broadcast, and you're talking about a hockey team. Right. I don't think you could name a single player, a coach. I don't think you could name seven teams in their in their conference. I'm talking to the answers here. Yeah. Can we just talk about – if you want to talk about something that isn't the game, well, how about the other 28 teams that we have in right. the league? Right. That'd be fine, too. Well, you know, David, we've talked about this forever, and it, it happens on Twitter. You see the videos all the time. The way in which – the NFL's broadcast partners talks about its product versus the way the NBA. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know much products. about this. Yeah, I don't the, watch the NFL at all. The NFL, I mean, all the ESPN studio shows, it's about the game. Mm-hmm. It's about what is happening on the field. What makes Patrick Mahomes so special when he's dissecting defenses? What makes Joe Burrow so special? This, that, and the third. What makes the Philly defensive line versus the San Francisco offensive line? Like all the different things, right? Meanwhile, for NBA, as you mentioned, Jeff's talking about hockey. Shaq doesn't know anybody outside the top 10, right? It's just, it is a different way in which to sell the game. You can argue which one you prefer better. I know you and I, because we like to talk about what happens on the floor. And by the way, I, the other things, I enjoy those things and I know about them as well, but that to me should not be the driver of the conversation. The driver right. should be how talented everybody is on the floor. And well, what's you, happening you, on can, the floor. you could talk about the Bruins in a 35 point blowout with three mm-hmm. minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's filler. 
Yeah. No one's watching anyway that matters. Gamblers <laughs> are watching. Right. People gamble the game or something. But not in the first or second quarter. Right. Like, this isn't our time to sit in on your fireplace conversation. <laughs> right? You're supposed to be analysts. Right. Both of you played and coached in this league. No, Jeff didn't play, coached. Analyze the game. And they know I, a lot about ball. They, well, I will argue that. I used to think <laughs> they know a lot about ball. But they think it, I, I'm a coach, too. And right. Henry always argue that I have a bias as a coach. But I'm not stupid and blind. <laughs> There's plenty of bad coaches out there, not according to those guys. <laughs> and, and I know why. I get it. I understand right. they have to kiss ass right. because they might be covering those guys. Fine. But then don't call yourself an analyst. You're an entertainer who's sitting in a suit watching a game, probably wearing sneakers, which is offensive to me. That's a whole separate <laughs> argument. That's a whole separate argument. David, David I don't got, like the way we cover the game. David's got a lot of rants coming today, folks. Stay tuned. But oh, you, said something, you said something that's interesting true. I want to touch on um, yeah. before we continue with Rivalry Week. Um, the Lakers don't have a bad roster. You have been saying this for quite some time now, and mm-hmm. you're actually in the minority in that. Most people mm-hmm. will tell you the Lakers roster is crap. Um, but you think, no, it's actually not, it's not bad. They're, they're, they're okay. The problem is their margin for error is not very big, right? So they're going to be oftentimes in a lot of close games. And with LeBron acting the way he acts, I think to your point, what you said earlier, that had an effect, I think, carrying over to the team that makes everybody think this roster is terrible. Cause one thing I'm hearing is, oh, we need to get uh bogey from the Pistons. And I'm like, I like bogey, but I'm like, is he going to make you all of a sudden now you're a championship contender if you get bogey? I don't know. No. Right. No, I, don't, no. I don't think De- so. Definitely not. Yeah. My point on the roster is they're a good 10, 11 deep now with no bad players. When they were playing Juan Toscano Anderson and Max Christie, that's bad. Now that was because of injury, mm-hmm. but Lonnie Walker's fine. Not great. You're, you can't have all great players. Sorry. Mm-hmm. There's a salary cap and you pay two guys a lot of money. Three guys. Well, three guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Three guys. Yeah. With Westbrook too. You could argue that was a bad trade. I'm, I'm fine with that. Westbrook isn't nearly worth his value, but the, every rotation they have, should be at least decent, if not good, which right away helps you. Their, start, their, their starters before AD came back had a very good ratio, one of the best offenses in the league. When AD was out, uh, they have a coaching problem. They have a Russell Westbrook problem. There's other issues that cause, the, that cause them to lose some of these games. They've lost a bunch of games. Think of Nemhard's buzzer beater mm-hmm. with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. There's three or four last-second losses. They coin have. flip games. Right, coin flip games. That's what happens. They have some wins on that, too. And uh, but now with AD back and Lonnie Walk, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker's back. Austin Reeves is about to come back. Uh, they they have there's an argument that they can build up some steam. But not when you sit your starters like they're doing tonight, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> they don't play the best rotations, in my opinion, and they allow Russell Westbrook. I have no idea if it made social media. I really I don't really follow Twitter like I used to because it sucks now. At least for me, it does. But um. The end of the game, you thought Russell Westbrook was 25-year-old Russell Westbrook. And they had AD and LeBron on the court, and it was Westbrook doing everything. They weren't even in touches until LeBron's last second drive. So that's a separate issue. But I think they are, I think they have they're they're, they're gonna be every game should be a competitive game when their stars are playing, as long as they stay healthy now, because that rotation is pretty damn deep. No, uh, I, I think that's right. I think, you know, oftentimes this is the insight that you get here, folks, right? Like roster's fine. Like it's not world beating, but no. Again, do some things a little bit differently. We've talked about yeah. the values of Thomas Bryan, different guys on this team. that can- Wayne, Wayne Gabriel is getting no time. Thomas mm-hmm. got like one shot, maybe. Mm-hmm. Gabriel got no minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, you're getting beat up in the paint. And you and you. and I guess Dobbinham loves playing small. I don't know why he loves playing small, but he does. Like Again, a different coach, I think that team would be better. Given the fact that they have all these injuries, they wouldn't be number one in the West. Yep. But I have no faith that they'll figure it out. But their roster, Palenka hurt the team with their – Coaching higher, not with their roster. So that Lakers-Celtics game is part of NBA Rivals Week, um, which is on the NBA. I think Henry talked about this morning. It's tried before. Um, I thought it was a successful Rivals Week. If you look at all the games that were played, they were outstanding. Uh, Celtics Heat started off the week. Lakers-Clippers, that net 76ers game was outstanding. Clippers, I'm sorry, Grizzlies-Warriors. Knicks-Celtics on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. Suns, Suns-Mavericks. I mean, Nets. Nick's, Nick's Nets on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Ex- excellent. Uh, Nuggets 76ers on Saturday was, of course, out. There were so many good games. And again, this talks to the overall talent in the league. And, you know, that Saturday trio of games, so it started with Nuggets 76ers, then Knicks Nets, and then it concluded with Lakers Celtics. Was And it was our NFL Conference Championship weekend. So those games were on Sunday. I thought that was a wonderful Saturday. And I feel like, again, in our conversation about promoting the league, if you love 
basketball. How did you not watch any of those games on Saturday and be like, damn, this league is good, right? Like, and just those three games, not forget about the other ones early in the week. Those three games alone were outstanding. And I wanted to look at two games in particular, but performances in two games. The 76ers Nuggets. Look, David has been saying all along, guys, 76ers. And Henry and I are like, eh, forget the 76ers. We don't care about them. As usual, David often right when it comes to basketball, like, man, they're pretty good. They're pretty nine good. and one last 10. Nine and one their last yeah. 10. And David said it before to show to me off air. I still agree. Jokic is still uh, my MVP. Yeah. But man, did Joel and B come out in that game and say, all right, Jokic, your MVP. Cool. That's all right. Let me show you how good I am at basketball. He was a monster on Saturday night. The uh, the players, you know this well. We mm-hmm. talked about it with Jordan. Um, Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they can find all the reasons they want to feel slighted, but no one's slighting Joel Embiid to say he's the second best center in the world. <laughs> right. Think about being the second best in anything in, in anything. the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Joel, you're the second best. Center. Doesn't mean you can't outplay Jokic one on one. Right. Maybe you're better than him one on one. But over the course of an 82 game season, in my opinion, Jokic is the better player. But to your point on rivalry week, I, I don't. Th- I don't ever think about rivals that way. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, as a coach, it's just that you really do have to focus on next game. That isn't how all, all teams do it. There are some colleges I know who really do make it about a particular rival because it they think it helps them with recruiting. Mm-hmm. Fine. This is not that. Right. This is yeah. the NBA. I like, I like a creative approach. Whatever we have to do to draw more attention. So we talked before the show about um, doing like a, a, a one-off in a, a non-NBA city, be super mm-hmm. cool. Maybe Paris, have four teams London, in there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just you know, Seattle. Pick mm-hmm. another be in another city, especially pick a city that could use it. You know, a struggling city, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. I, I thought about this too, and don't set it up early. Do it, you know, do it two weeks in advance. You'll pick a weekend where no one's on the schedule, mm-hmm. and 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 you say in two weeks, you 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 set up before the season starts. These fifteen teams will host games, so they don't book a concert or something, right, right? or a college game. And then you just mix and match wherever you want to do it. But another thing that would be cool would be do the same thing, but do it in college towns mm. and do it for teams that have a particular star. That went uh, to that college? That went to that college, oh. yeah. Like imagine, I'm just making this up. Imagine Orlando playing at Duke. Yeah. There's no way you're not selling that place out. Oh, and, the, and the atmosphere yeah. would be unbelievable, right? But you could do this for a lot. I mean, Kentucky, there's a lot of different places Carolina, you could do. Like, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, you might get some more fans who don't otherwise follow it. But to be able to go root for Paolo at an NBA game, I think it'd be super cool. I understand all the other things involved in it, but whatever we have to do to increase our reach is something I'd want to do. Well, David, what you're talking about is being innovative and creative. And you know what would help that? The current 82-game schedule won't allow for something like for that. For sure not. But if we dropped it to 58 games and did it over the same amount of time that we played the 82 You'll have a lot of days in there you could play around and do some things with. Matter of fact, you could even do a break in that, like a legit break, right? Where you're like, all right, this is Champions League time or whatever we want to call it. Like so many things you could do to really draw eyeballs and interest. Right. There's another thing you can do besides going to, I I, I don't mind going to 72 before we get to 58. I don't mind that. But you also could do where where teams get a bye week like the NFL. Mm -hmm. And everyone just gets, you got 10 days off. You, You play on a Friday. You won't play to the following Monday, let's say nine days. That that'd be cool too. So the yeah. guys are fresher. Um, if you you could do that, if you had less games, yeah. absolutely. Now this is just listen. These are all ways that we think the NBA uh, can improve. Uh, the other game I wanted to talk about was that Knicks Nets game. You know, rivalry week. It's funny. I think the Nets have won nine straight versus versus the Knicks. Is that right? Yeah, they they they've been on quite a roll since uh, KD and Kyrie yeah. uh, jo- joined up over there. Um, you know. Kyrie had such an incredible fourth quarter um, in that game. I think it was his fourth or fifth 20-plus point fourth quarter in the season, leading the NBA. And there's a way he's playing right now, David, where he is – like Kyrie's, a, you always said, not a selfish basketball player on, on the floor. He's just kind of like – seems like he's reading it well. Like, I think my team needs this right now. I'm going to go ahead and do a pull-up, but it's going to get the crowd going. Ah, my team, let me get so-and-so a touch right now. He's seemingly through understanding what the team needs in these moments and leading them in a way that, you know, leadership may not have always been his strong suit or, or his calling card. But in this period where Durant's been, been absent with the MCL injury, 
he's been he's been really really doing a really good job of leading this team and i thought that fourth quarter was special i said to you guys in our troop call this morning that he leads the Bartley center crowd in oh like there's a verve when he's doing his thing that doesn't sound like anybody else home or a visiting player home player doesn't matter it includes kd whoever there's something about that dude that captivates the senses of even the most casual basketball fan well you remember i responded to that which was I don't know if this is true, but this is how I see it. Uh, you know how we call some shots circus shots? Mm-hmm. I always thought that meant, well, the circus only comes around once a year. <laughs> That's how rare that shot is. I, I could be wrong. I might just be some – I've seen so many amazing shots in my life. I, I'm not so impressed by any one thing. But those – he does those things pretty routinely. Yes. He, he, there are circus shots for him. Those are the shots. Mm-hmm. It's just a Tuesday in, you know, in right. February, right. and he's making some crazy stuff. Because he's super talented. If only he could just swallow all his crazy shit that he says. And I again, I don't mind him advocating for whatever is decent and moral uh, and in need of attention. Mm-hmm. Lord knows we, mm-hmm. no Lord. Mm-hmm. The, we, everyone knows we need a lot of help like mm-hmm. a lot of countries do. The shit that he's saying is offensive, and yeah. including to me of Jewish faith. I don't, right. not crazy about some things that he said. And as other people have said, and, and we know how this is now in, in this country because of social media and everyone is connected to, to news. People get beat up, shot, killed, yeah, whatever, for sure. over these crazy kind of comments, whatever. Mm-hmm. So politicians do it. Well, they're fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, I'm not telling you to stick to basketball. Just don't make it worse for yourself mm-hmm. because you say some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of good things to advocate for. Mm-hmm. Don't advocate for bad things. Absolutely. He is amazing. It, it, and that, yeah, it's just... He's on a heater right now, and he's just really, yeah. I mean. 31 a game, I think, the last nine. Mm-hmm. 31 F- plus. 50, nine. 40, 90. I mean, you know, the usual yeah. stuff. He shot up to EPM. He's like 95th percentile. I mean, it's just. And on defense, he's competing on that end of the floor. Like, definitely competing. It's just, he's, listen, this, this last year when Durant went down, it was disaster central. They went 5 this, and 16. and This is, I thought of you the other day with this, when I was watching him the other day, I guess, against the Knicks. Um KD's got to be thinking, told you, motherfuckers. <laughs> he probably, he probably right? Now, he may have changed his mind a couple of times in the, in the journey of Kyrie yeah. and, and being a teammate of his, but he knew what kind of talent this guy right. has. Yeah. Right. He, he played with Curry, who's mm-hmm. very different, mm-hmm. but those kinds of impact players right. are very rare. And I think that is, to put a bow on it, that is why teams will convince themselves we can sign this guy because how do yeah. you watch that and not go, no, that will help any basketball team, right? Like that's, that's just a fact. He's that good and that talented. Well, so. It's a fact on paper. Yes. Boston and Cleveland would argue a little yes. bit different. Uh, otherwise. And Brooklyn in the past. Mm-hmm. But this, Kyrie, mm-hmm. is why you pay him all the money. Correct. All right, folks, stay tuned. We will be back after this short commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book? Maybe show up for a friend. Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapist for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David. You know, we talked about Rivalry Week, all sorts of exciting things happening. Um, you know, uh, they're not, not, not good things happening, but something's going on down in Memphis. By the way, Memphis finally won a game last night after losing five straight. They beat Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton. Um, those of you who watch Memphis, you're probably aware of who T. Morant is. He is John Morant's father. Um, and you might also be aware that there is a, I mean, it's been happening since T. Morant came into the public consciousness. He looks a lot like Usher. 
Um, and you know, you can see T. Morant at the sidelines at all games, not just he's on at the home court for every game, right? He's like he's, 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 he's sitting, he sits courtside just about every game. He's got his shades on. He's you know woofing up the crowd when his son's doing electric things as John Morant is wont to do in a game. Hold on, would he do the same thing for other players when they're doing great? Yeah, on, on the Grizzlies that's, for sure. That's he's, what I thought. Okay, yeah, I just want to make sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's, cool. And so something happened against the Pacers where. Uh, uh, someone with Team Morant, who's a friend of Jaws, um, said something to one of the players on Indiana. And then T, I think, got up and said something. And then Ja came over. And then Nemhar came over. And then Duarte, it just, it all got into this thing. And it's like, guys, what are we doing? And my thing about that is like, look, T, I get it. You love your son as all fathers should love their sons, right? Well, you know, within, within reason, of course, if your son's a bad person, that's something different. But your son's an NBA superstar or whatever. Doing right. his thing, cheer, do the whole thing. But you are not a part of what's happening on the floor. And it doesn't matter if you're a team Morant, if you're Joe Smith who buys seats in section, whatever. You're not part of this action. You're here to watch, cheer, whatever, but in engaging with them, no, that's not your job. And so T's in my estimation, David, he's getting to the point now where he's starting to do a little too much. It's starting to be like, I'm T. Morant, not just father of John Morant. I'm my own special person. Yeah, I just texted someone that was at the game to ask what their what their view was because I forgot about that. I watched it live while well, on TV, and I just forgot to ask anyone about what exactly was going on there. Um, yeah, I'm a little. I don't love that. I don't love it. There's no. There's no uh, rule guideline. Maybe, maybe there's a guideline that I'm not aware of. I don't have a son in the NBA, but. Um, I, I don't love the AAU f- aspect mm. of parents taking some of the limelight from their from their sons um, after after game four game do whatever you want I could care less I didn't even know about it I knew I knew the usher thing from his rookie season mm-hmm. but I don't consume games that way in the regular season I forgot about it last year I'm sure I watch. Um, Synergy, and mm-hmm. then I've got these multiple TVs. Mm-hmm. So as soon as there's a dead ball, I'm going to another game anyway. So I never notice any of that shit. But I don't like it. I, I don't think it's good for our game. Uh, and if you're interacting with the other team, uh, you know, I guess fans could do the same thing. But it's different when you're someone's dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so separate from that, I told you this this morning. Morant, you know, Memphis, Indiana had an unbelievable first half. It was mm-hmm. kicking their ass. Memphis mm-hmm. is the better team. Especially when Indiana's not Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Memphis is missing Adams. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think Bain played either. And that's no, Bain was out too. Yeah, Adams and that's Bain a big out. deal. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Memphis is a better team at home. Uh, and they they surged to a lead, but it wasn't over at this point. And Ja was kind of crowing in a way that I didn't love that. I, I didn't like uh, – I, I don't mind when players smile sometimes, but and I'm old school this way. I, I want that fight mentality more until it's over. Then you can do all you want. I don't care about smoking cigars when it's over like Red used to do. When it's over, it's over. <laughs> but when it's not over, the crowing part, as if you can't be beat, Ja, just, you know, the Memphis talks a lot. They are the talking team in the league. That's what I've heard, too. I didn't know that that was the <laughs> reputation, but that's what I've heard from players. Um, all right. Jordan could talk. You're not Jordan. Right? I don't remember the Warriors. Draymond talked a little bit, but. They they also have you know how many rings? I mean four, and they you yeah. know the the Warriors do it differently, right? Step turning around before the shot goes, and they do their own version of. But right. again, you don't want them to do that. Stop them, right? What? Right. You know. But in Memphis's case, <laughs> right. like guys, you want a series. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let's just let's just curb our enthusiasm <laughs> a little bit here, and let's let's and they, and they have a, a weak bench in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When the Adams and Bain are back, I still think their bench is weak. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I don't pick them to win the West right now. Yeah, they, you know, it's funny. I kind of predict this. Everybody knows I love Memphis here. I was like, I do too. I was like, the league's going to start turning on this team soon. I, I was like, it's going to, because it's cute when they're the darling team coming up like last year. Oh my God, who thought they'd have the second best record in the league? But then they didn't win. They continue to talk. There's this thing in like sport fandom culture that fans don't like, right? Which is when you sort of talk before you've earned anything, right? And I, I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. Again, I always say, if you don't want them talking, then just beat them. I don't, fine, I don't care. But you can already start to see people like Memphis, frauds, whatever. They just talk. They're not that good. Look, still the number two team in the West. But to your point, they have issues, right? The fact that Steven Adams is this crucial to their offense 
is problematic to me in, in, in many ways, right? Because what, and I've said this before, so much of their offense is we're a terrible jump shooting team outside of Desmond Bain. No problem. Steven Adams grabs the offensive rebound, puts it back in. Cool. Well, when he's not there, well, who's doing that now? Because Jaron's got other responsibilities without Steven Adams on the floor, right? And we're starting to see, and you mentioned their bench, as much as I love Santi Aldama and uh, John Conchar and Zaire and all these young guys, they're young and unproven. And if this team wants to move to the next level, those in David's estimation and mine, they're not guys who you can count on in the playoffs to be positive and plus players. They can have a moment or a play here or there, but consistently because they don't have the, the reps and the reference points yet. Well, it's possible that they can. We can't bank on it. Right. So don't act as if you can. Right. This is, it just puts more pressure on them. And, and that stuff adds up too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that stuff adds up. Yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what, what Memphis decides to do uh, the trade deadline. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, David. Some Reddit uh, user posted a thread. Oh, that, I don't go there at all. Okay. He, he posted a thread about Jaron Jackson Jr.'s faulty de- defensive player of the year candidacy. Yes. And the idea oh, was. That's enraging to you. Oh. And you know, me. Enraging. The idea was. <laughs> and me. Because there was a discrepancy or a wide variance in Jaron's home blocks and steals versus his road blocks and steals, this Reddit user said, well, that's because the, st- the stat keeper at home are, is inflating his stats. Well, you know, once that goes out there, we, we have so this. many, you know, stat people in this league and in this yeah. like, let me go check this out. Kirk Goldsberry did it. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer did it. They went through all, they're like, mm, we found of the 60 whatever blocks, Two or three we consider questionable. Everything else, he is the best rim protector on planet Earth, and it's not close, right? And then I said, well, that may be true. I would love to see what his home and road splits are between field goal percentage when he's the primary defender. Sure enough, it's pretty much the same. Shots to the rim, pretty much the same. And it's like, you know, blocks and steals aren't the only way to play defense, right? Like, there are other ways to alter shots or to cause misses. And I know you, like me, big fan of Jaron. He had a great game last night, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, five blocks. Um, and the, the Memphis announcer said, and I saw all five. They were legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It, it, listen, the shot blocking is just one part of his impact on defense. Yes. <laughs> Guys just don't get good angles in the paint against him, or they don't go there to begin with. He is, I wrote, I tweeted this last night. It, it occurred to me watching the game because I watched their game. Um, he's Rudy Gobert with a three-point shot. He just is. He's that kind of defender. He he is the next Rudy Gobert. He is going to be the be- he is going to win multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards, in my opinion. And how old is he? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, like we got we got a good five six year run where he's going to dominate defense. He's going to be one of the all time great defensive players. And the difference is when Jaron is switched out onto a perimeter player, he unlike guard Rudy, he can guard, guard guards. guards. Yeah, right. Yeah. And even if he lets he them swallows them up. If he lets them go by him, it's for a reason because he yeah. knows I know the angle they're hitting with yeah. my seven foot whatever wingspan. I'm going to get that shot up before it gets to the backboard. Look, I, it, yes, of course I love Jaron, but I, I listen. He that defensive player of the year candidacy to me is legitimate. But look, he's it is, he's going to win. He's going to win defensive player of the year, and I will never probably be right that he was the better prospect than Luca. But I I'm not going to I'm not going to berate myself too badly when he goes down as a top three defensive player of all time because he's right there with Duncan and Russell in that category and Olajuwon he I mean I'm I'm not saying he's better than them but as you project out Mm -hmm. and then you consider what he's asked to do and they weren't asked to do which is guard the perimeter as well Mm -hmm. not just guard the perimeter guard the perimeter with guys that shoot threes all the time Mm -hmm. not like it was back then uh he's going to be seen as one of the greatest defensive players of all time which puts him at least in the conversation what if he ends up shooting 38% from three the next five years and scores 18, 22 points a game? Well, you know, and, and they win a championship talking. and Luca doesn't. Now we're talking because I'm just again, saying. I, I I think the thing that's and I said this before, what's hurt Kim has been the injuries. Yeah, and the and, fouls. Yeah. But like in terms of his offensive game developing oh, right. at the rate it should, because in the summer he's not working on it because he's got a rehab. Because he's hurt. That's a really big story. Clay Thompson's went through this right? summer. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. So if he has a summer this year where he's not injured, knock on wood, I think you're gonna see an even better offensive player next season when he's like, let me refine my game, work on some things. No, I I David, would you love to work with Jaron Jackson Jr.? 
yeah. <laughs> Listen, big men develop late anyway. That's true. And 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 I tell you, so the Zaza Pachulias of the world develop quicker, meaning they're more their body is is just normal. They're not high waisted. They're more low waisted. You better control of your legs. The mm-hmm. lower you are to the ground, center mm-hmm. of gravity is lower. The guys that built like Jaron, who are so long mm-hmm. and rangy, it just takes a while to get it all coordinated. Mm-hmm. But it's coming. Yeah, it's coming, and we know we can shoot. So. He's better around the rim than he used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still, I think he's too eager to block shots yes. and puts yeah. himself in position to foul, mm-hmm. but he's a holy terror. Absolute holy terror in the paint defensively. And totally, I, I would argue, I don't know what plus minuses are, but when I watch them play, I feel like he's every bit as valuable as Ja and maybe even more valuable in terms of wins and losses. Well, we, we said this because I asked you, if you replace both of them with a league average player at their position, you said... They'd be considerably worse if you replaced Jaron with a league average yeah. center because yeah. we saw it. They were 20th in defense when he was out those first 15 games. Twenty, right? They shot yeah. up to number one and they're number two yeah. right now. I mean, like, he anchors all of that. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. that that's a huge part of this. Anyway, something something worth watching. A player, David, who is not ascending, uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, someone tweeted this: Tyler Hero pull ups by the month, 50 percent on on threes in October, 39 percent on twos. Uh, November, he went 37 and 38. December, 42 and 40. January, 23 and 37. Ugh. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if someone's, someone's uh, might be hurt a little bit. No. He's taking a lot more twos and threes. Well, that's probably because teams are guarding it better, probably. Mm-hmm. You're finding him earlier. That's the mm-hmm. teaching point. Find them early. As soon, as soon as they miss, as soon as your team misses, find Hero. Pick him up at half court. Pick him up at 30 feet, whatever. Uh, he's yeah, he's going through a rough rough spell right now, and and they had a bad loss to Charlotte yesterday. They did, they did. but Spolstra thinks that they're finding their tune. They might trade Lowry. Oh yeah, that's, that's the name. A, they, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Clippers are looking for another guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Lowry's got anything see. left in the tank? No, I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. I mean, I love Kyle Lowry, but in terms of him being the impact player, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, why? Why wouldn't he do it for Miami? Right. Great coach. Mm-hmm. Great culture, like yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a savior anywhere. Yeah, no, it's it's it'll be interesting to see as the deadline gets closer who people think is someone that can you know tip the scales. I don't know if there's but, anybody yet. But if the Clippers, the Clippers could be seeing him or Fred VanVleet mm-hmm. as the backup. Yeah, yeah, it could be to just solidify a bench unit and get them organized and get better shots. Then he'd be he'd be he'd help, but he's not you know not talking about best. He's not that kind of difference maker now. Right. Um, you know who's pretty good at basketball still, David? Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> the wow, Bucks offensively, the Bucks are still like weirdly in the mud. Um, but you know, Middleton's slowly working his way back. Um, but Giannis dropped 50 last night against the Pelicans. Pelicans, by the way, going in the opposite direction. Struggling. Losers of eight straight. Now I get it. Uh Brandon is not playing back to back yet, and that was the second half of back to back last night. He's still working his way back from injury. He played the night before, and Zion's still out. So this is you, that's the thing. You don't realize how – I mean, you do because you watch basketball and understand this. I don't think the average fan realizes how critical Zion is to what they do offensively when he's not – it's not just him scoring in the paint. Like, yeah, it's part of it. He, but, he makes it so much easier for Yes, everybody. for everybody. And now it's hard, especially with no Brandon Ingram. Yeah. You got Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, and CJ trying to generate all your offense. It's a little difficult, right? That's Against difficult. A, a long-rangey team like the Bucks. Yeah. Um, and Giannis had an easy 50 in like 30 points in 30 minutes, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, 20 was... to 26 in the field. Yeah. It's just, just, I mean. so, so I, I, they were my favorite. I, when oh. I say favorite, it wasn't prohibitive favorites, but I thought they would beat the Clippers in the finals since preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently I felt like I don't think it's going to happen for them. And after that 50 point game against New Orleans, a few friends of mine asked me, have I changed my mind? And I haven't. He's he's really struggled from the free throw line. Giannis is fifty mm-hmm. something uh, percent the last ten games. I think um, his ability is down just, this season. All, all, all oh, his free throw is down for sure, but even mm-hmm. worse lately. Mm-hmm. Not in that's in this game necessarily. Um, the Pelicans did a terrible job of building the wall around the rim. Other teams will do a better job of that. Uh, Middleton is just okay. Like it's 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 possible. Like if he had waited three more weeks, I would have said he's not going to get it back. He came back right when we were talking about this. I wrote about it. And, you know, we'll see. I, I don't, I'm not confident. I, I like Philly and Boston much better. And I didn't before the season started. I like Milwaukee the most. I like those teams just fine. In fact, I thought Philly would win the East regular season. 
They might. So they, only two and a half games yeah, back. Is that all they are now? Yeah, yeah. they might. So um, I just don't. I just don't trust. I don't know why Giannis. And the other thing too is he was in the game in the last few minutes of the game, up twenty something. No need for that. That was weird. And you, do you know he got his fifty points? Mm-mm. He made two threes in the last two minutes. <laughs> That's why he got fifty. And the bench didn't react when he went from forty four to forty seven. They went pretty crazy when he went forty seven to fifty. But I just thought, is he going to skip a game later on because of load management? Mm. But you had to play him to get 50? I don't love right. that. The guy's yeah. done 50 before. Like, I'd rather him st- I mean, stay healthy. Did it in the finals. For a right. Right. And I'd rather him. Right, exactly. I'd rather him stay healthy. I don't yeah. think you need those extra minutes in a blowout game. Yeah. You know, the, the East playoffs will be interesting, particularly if the top four remains Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, in whatever order, in some order. Because that will be a hell of a conference semifinals matchup if that's what it is. I mean, that's going to be whoever emerges from that trio, that uh, group of four. They're going to have some 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 battle scars on them. It's it's, it's going to be tough. Um, and look, the, the West will be no picnic either. Despite everybody being jumbled together, I think because of that, I mean, as you said, a, a seven could give a two a real problem. Because if the seven is the Warriors, for instance. And the two is Memphis. Yeah. Well, right. I, I know Golden State are not afraid of the Memphis Grizzlies, right? So, I mean, this is this is interesting. Well, And, you know, you called this again in the season. You said parody, guys. I just think everybody's going to be bunched up. Yeah. And for sure. That's what we're seeing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, late season injuries will make a real big story. Well, and then, I know, and that's the unfortunate part that we know. That's unfortunately coming at, at, at some point. Um, so, the trade deadline's approaching here, but February 9th. So, in like another not nine days um we will we will see we'll see what's happening there um the Rui trade happened we know that cam reddish was a name that i actually thought he was going to be the first person to get traded i'm actually surprised that he hasn't been moved yet um but he's someone who could potentially help a team and that's a playoff contender um he's he's talented he's not getting any run right now in new york but he's, he's he's got some talent detroit is holding firm on i think they want a first rounder for bogey um you know if that's what they want. Hey, who am I to tell them? No, we'll see. We'll see if somebody offers. Um, we talked about Memphis. We talked about New Orleans. Those are teams because of the young talent and all the picks they have. They could easily make a move. Oklahoma City, another one that can make a move. Indiana just re-upped Miles Turner for two years and sixty million. I want to say, yeah, they, with a heavy, heavily front-loaded. Basically, it's like he got a thirty-five million dollars signing bonus or whatever right. the number was. He he gets paid a lot up front. It's a descending contract. So, and to your point, that makes him an easier trade piece yeah. now. Now, he can't get traded now, right? He because, can. Oh, he, he can. can. Oh, okay. Can. I thought he had to wait till yeah. summer. Okay. I looked it up. He can still be traded. But so, it seems very unlikely that he will. Right, yeah. yeah. In fact, he, he might be more of a, I think he's a more uh, sexy trade candidate because mm-hmm. the numbers, the descend, descending mm-hmm. salary just mm-hmm. costs you more mm-hmm. up front, but, but less later on. But um, I don't think Indiana's thinking that. I think no. they're thinking when we have all of our players – uh, he's young, 26 maybe. Uh, like Buddy, TJ McConnell, maybe they get traded. But um, I don't think – I think Miles, they feel like we're not going to find a center anytime soon. We're not going to get the you know bottom four picking at Victor. And uh, I don't think they'll trade him. Do you think that they eventually move to um, – well, I guess they will if they trade Buddy, a Tyrese, Benedict Mather, and that's your starting backcourt? I think it's possible. I also think they can move to Matherin at three. Okay. Okay. Um, they've got Duarte's lottery pick, mm-hmm. who's starting right now. Namhart got hurt and mm-hmm. was sick. And then Namhart comes off the bench and plays a lot. Um, knowing Rick Carlisle the way I do, he values defense, and Namhart's our best defender. Barrett does not play defense right now. <laughs> I, he's, he's just a rookie. He just doesn't, yeah, he's 20 years old, and Namhart's 23 now. Um, and Matherin off the bench as a rookie is phenomenal. So, um, but in time, I could see all three. I think their best lineup is Halliburton, uh, Nemhard, and then Mather at three, Buddy at four, Turner's at five. I think that's wow. their best lineup. Yeah. yeah. Small. But Small. Turner, five shooters. Yes. Because Turner shoots the three, too. Mm-hmm. So um, that's like their death lineup. Mm-hmm. But Buddy, I don't think he's long for that. I don't think he's, you know, he's not Draymond Green at the four. So <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling um, that th- that he just, it makes sense to move him. He's a prolific shooter. Prolific shooter. Yeah, he, for sure. He, he certainly is. I'm looking into it the standings now, um, even in terms of trade deadline. And so many teams I feel like can can do like Utah is five hundred and they're at tenth. Right? I mean, I think in the East, once you get past 
Atlanta. Once you get to Washington, so everybody from Washington down, it, they might be like, you know what, Victor, maybe. Although I don't know, they might have too many wins. Twenty three wins at this point. Yeah, they're unlikely really to go on a yeah. losing streak. Right, they're unlikely to get Victor. It doesn't mean they can't do it. They're very unlikely. Um, I think some of these teams like Indiana, Washington, still want to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, win a playing game or two. Some, some of the other teams don't. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot of teams. Only a few teams aren't really right playing rotations to win. All the players are playing to win, but the rotations aren't necessarily to try to win. Yeah, and that's like you know Houston, San Antonio, right? Yeah. Like those teams, Detroit, Charlotte. Detroit, yeah. yeah, those yeah. those are the teams that are like, all right, poor 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 Victor. If he, except San Antonio's fine. If he ends up anywhere but San Antonio from those teams I mentioned, sorry kid, sucks to be you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, G League, you. I promised the our listeners another rant. David has a final rant to end the show about the G League. A G League, and it's a compliment to the NBA. So uh, I'll, I'll just I'll go backwards a little bit. Uh, we're talking about Indiana. Mm-hmm. So when I watch Indiana play, I've really become a huge fan of Halliburton. Uh, man, when his team gets a rebound, they're fighting Tyrese. When, when the other team scores, everyone's taken off. They throw to Tyrese. He runs the team. It doesn't mean Buddy doesn't get a bunch of shots. He does. Math rate averaging 20 a game for a while. And he's a bunch lately off the bench scoring 20. Miles Turner is having a career year. But it's Ty- Tyrese has the ball in his hands all the time. Then he goes out. And I remember thinking, oh, see how they react to that. And against Portland on the road and Golden State, Nemer has an unbelievable game. And they're finding him as if he's Tyrese. He's a rookie. It's month into the season. And they're finding him. And he organized everything. And he looks great. I watch G League games many nights a week. And it is completely the opposite. <laughs> it's everyone rebound it and take it yourself, no matter what position you play. If you can dribble and chew gum, they're having you do it. <laughs> Worse than that is after made shots, three guys hang back to get the inbounds pass. <laughs> and I have talked to players about what is going on. Well, whoever wants to get the ball, bring it up, can do that. And I feel like these coaches are not holding anyone accountable. Here's We have a lead guard. Let's get the ball to him. If certain guys get a rebound, take off, I'm fine with that. If they're good enough, most of them are doing it for selfish reasons. Yes. They're not doing it for us. They're doing it for me. Mm-hmm. But after a made shot, no, no, no. We're going to have our, our point guard seat cut and race. Or if we don't want to run and play slow, we're going to have one guy get the inbounds pass and organize. But, but I, it's because they're afraid to hold any of these guys accountable. They're not. I think that's what I think anyway. They're not coaching their guys up. And it stands in stark contrast to the NBA where it's much more defined. Roles are much more defined. And what it means is more players are bad than they should otherwise be. The, the G League is the most talented league in the world that is in the NBA, purely from a talent standpoint. All of these teams would get destroyed by the best teams in Europe, not just because those teams are more experienced, which they are. They're running so much better stuff. How do you run anything when you're another point guard? How do you know who's where? You can run your fluid offense. That's fine. But you, you can't just call a play right. when anyone might have the ball, which is why they don't really run any plays. It's very disappointing to watch. The league's got to get the G League is struggling right now at developing. Yeah. And it's too bad. We, we don't have enough coaches actually coaching these guys up. And to, because the talent there is tremendous. Well, it's what I always talk about, David Wright, which is it, it, one of the problems in the NBA. And what I mean by that is the misaligned incentives, right? A player is hanging back because he wants to be the person who scores the points, so he gets the yeah. call up to the right. And a coach wants to do whatever so that he's seen as friendly, so he gets an opportunity to go up to right. Everybody is doing it for themselves, right? Because I want to move up to the NBA or do whatever the next the next step is, as opposed to. Yeah, but if we do well together, right. that's going to shine a light on everybody, right? The idea is develop players. You're not going to get called up if and stick if you don't know how to play. Right. Your job is to teach them how to play. Remember, I'm not a skill. I'm not a skill developer. I'm a game developer. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm teaching you how to play the game. Skills are part of that, but thinking the game, when to cut, when not to cut, how to set screens. These are very much part of my typical curriculum. That's exactly what the Geely should be, and that is not the case that I'm seeing at all. Yeah, and if kids are gonna have that as an option out of high school, I mean, it's got to be better, right? Like it has to be better, or else, you know, because I know you know this. Not a lot of colleges doing a great job developing either, right? No. So this is this is trouble right. for our young right. players. Right. Exactly right. All right, guys. That was another rousing episode. We will see you all on Thursday. I'm sure there's going to be some exciting stuff happening this week. We've got some good good national TV games, but good league pass games as well. Uh, LeBron, as David mentioned, and Anthony Davis not playing front end of a back-to-back tonight because they want to be on the big stage at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday. So 
Get your popcorn ready for that. Who knows? LeBron might score 50 in that game. Only 117 points, I think, away from. I think it's all timing up so you can do it at home with Kareem in the house. And, before know. the All-Star break? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we yeah. can do the whole, he'll you do, know. He'll do it before that. We got to get theatrics. It's a it's a show. Yeah. We got to we gotta, we gotta yeah. make it a show. So, and, But in all seriousness, kudos. That is a, <laughs> it's a hell of an accomplishment to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Kudos to LeBron. All right, guys. We will see you on Thursday. Take care.